0: Please join me in this call to worship. I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. I will will glory in the the Lord. Lord. Let the afflicted afflicted hear hear and and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together.
1: Wherever you are and wherever you're listening, grace to you, mercy and peace from God, our creator and Christ, our redeemer through the working of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And now as God has greeted you, so too bless those who are around you. And if you're listening alone, please take the time later today to bless and encourage and pass the peace to someone else.
0: I sought the Lord, and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears.
2: Those those who look to the Lord are radiant.
0: Their faces are never covered in shame. This poor one called, and the Lord heard him. He saved him out of all of his troubles. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed are those who take refuge in him. Fear the Lord. You, his holy people, for those who fear him lack nothing.
2: If I were to say Would you find me if I sailed across the sea? If I were to dive into the deepest canyon Would you be at the bottom to rescue me?
0: redeems his servants. No one who takes refuge in him will be condemned.
2: Therefore, Therefore, let let us love one one another, for love love comes from from God.
0: Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This This is is how God showed his love among us. us. He He sent sent his his one and only only Son into into the world
2: that we might live through him. This This is love, love. not Not that that we loved God, but but that he loved us and sent sent his Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins.
0: Therefore, dear friends, since God so loves us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us.
1: On this All Saints Sunday, we turn to Revelation, the seventh chapter. We begin reading at the ninth verse. Listen then for the voice of God. After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands and they cried out in a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures and they fell down on their faces before the throne and worshiped God saying, amen. Amen. Praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders asked me, These in white robes, who are they? And where did they come from? And I answered, Sir, you know. And he said, These are they, Who have come out of the great tribulation, they have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. And therefore they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. And never again will they hunger, never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat, beat down on them, nor any scorching heat, for the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I saw a neighborhood friend at a neighborhood bar. We kept our distance and exchanged masked greetings. He offered the usual joke about ministers only working on Sundays and hounded me for refusing his offer to buy a drink. He was fidgeting with a toothpick, watching his Diet Coke sweat and wishing it was a cigarette and a beer. He's a recovering alcoholic battling cancer. As he muttered about how a new prescription made him lethargic, his wife texted him to come home. That morning, she left a jewelry catalog on top of his briefcase as if that would make their relationship healthier. He liked the buffer of the bar before being badgered. And so we talked about disruptions in the supply chain squeezing out his profit margin and the healthcare costs for his employees gobbling up rem- what remained. His kids couldn't hold jobs that paid for the lifestyle to which they were accustomed, and he resented himself for always bailing them out. His voice trailed off. He seemed weary, worn down, ground down. Where there once was swagger, he now walked with a shuffle. Where there once was a healthy tan, there was now gray stubble. Confidence and panache were clouded over with resignation. He seemed weary, worn, ground down. Sometimes we get ground down by life. Maybe you know what I mean. Chronic pain can grind you down. A job with little joy or fulfillment can grind you down. Nine months of a pandemic with no clear finish line can grind you down. A long loneliness can grind you down. Whether you blame the 24-hour news industry or social media or the current president or the raging socialists, The toxic tenor of today's political discourse can grind you down. And the anxiety and unease that is just under the surface can grind you down. You get the point. Sometimes you can find yourself weary, worn, and ground down by life. And then we turn to an ancient apocalyptic text with images that may tap the imagination, but can also feel utterly disconnected from reality and beyond the bounds of reason. What are we to make of this on the week of an election when we can't even agree about how to respond to a virus? What are we to make of this? What are we to make of this when we're ground down? For church-going Bible-reading, folks, this passage unlocks a flood of memories and impressions. It has inspired great choral pieces, spawned diagrams and dispensational charts about the last days, and created pulp fiction like The Late Great Planet Earth or Left Behind. For many... It's been a source of great comfort and great ministry, but what's often missed is that this heavenly vision includes a link to an earthly farm implement. Consider, the visionary sees as far as he can see people from every tribe, Nation, ethnicity, and language standing before the throne wearing white robes, holding palm branches, and crying out that salvation belongs to God and to the Lamb. And then one of the elders asked, These in white robes, who are they and where did they come from? And he said, These are they who have come out of the great tribulation. A tribulum was a wooden framed sled with bits of flint or metal fixed to the underside that would be used for threshing grain. When it was hauled over the crop, it would crudely begin to separate the wheat from the chaff. This simple cart, a tribulum, is part of the etymology for our word tribulation. Tribulum, that which oppresses, afflicts, and grinds down. Tribulation, that which oppresses, afflicts, and grinds down. In the middle of this heavenly vision, there is a link to an earthly tribulation. When we're afflicted, it can feel as if we're being torn to pieces. When hardships roll over us, it can seem as if we're being given a good threshing. Sometimes life can leave you beat down, shook out, and feeling like yourself and your soul are separated, ground down. Now, this text was written to encourage faith and inspire hope during a time of brutal persecution by the Roman Empire. It served as a beacon to draw people through times of deep, difficult darkness. So, some read this text and the Great Tribulation as referring to the troubles of the early church. Others see it pointing to the end of time and to those who are sustained through a final cataclysmic series of woes. The intensity of persecution will rise to such a fever pitch so as to become the great final tribulation, and it will separate the wheat from the chaff, the sheep from the goats, the gold from the gravel, the faithful from the faithless. And still others read this text as a picture of all those throughout time, who persevered through persecution. Uh, Dear friends, any of those interpretations may be well and good. I'll leave the biblical wrangling to theological cowboys who ride bigger horses than I. But I'm hooked by the question, does this text... Have anything to say to us? As relatively comfortable middle class Americans in middle America, even if we feel ground down right now, does this text have anything to say to us? Try this on for size. Jesse Ventura was a Navy SEAL, actor, professional wrestler, and the governor of Minnesota. In an interview in Playboy, he famously said, religion is a sham and a crutch for weak-minded people who need strength. Ventura gives voice to the idea that while life may be difficult, faith is little more than a therapeutic tool or an inspirational bromide to help people cope. All we can actually count on is whatever pluck or luck we bring to the table. So don't look outside of yourself. All of this religious apparatus may help, but it's just a crutch to help you limp along. It's just a way to help you cope. It's just a facade to cover over the fact that we are in this alone. And so life may grind you down, but dig down deeper, for this is all there is and all that matters. But, and this is a big but, but the central conviction of the Christian Gospels is that there is a God who is outside of us a God who creates us, sustains us, and ultimately delivers us from death and sin and all its dire consequences. And as that is true, this text is a glimpse of all those that God promised to Abraham. More than the stars of the heavens or the sands of the sea, gathered before the throne of God, waving palm branches in victory because they were delivered from the threshing of this world. Our world belongs to God, a contemporary testimony puts it this way. Rebel cries sound throughout the world. Some, crushed by failure or hardened by pain, give up on life and hope and God. Others, shaken but still hoping for human triumph, work feverishly to realize their dreams. But rebellion and sin can never dethrone God. He does not abandon the work of his hand. The heavens still declare his glory. He promised a savior. Now the whole creation groans in the birth pangs of a new creation. The promise of the Christian Gospels and this vision of John point toward an ending that overwhelms or overcomes or ultimately resolves whatever tribulation this world knows. And that consummation of creation is not a matter of our doing or even something that we earn by a mix of faith and works. But it is wholly and solely the work of God in Christ. To Jesse Ventura and my neighborhood friend, that sounds like magical thinking. They would have you believe that this is all there is. So side with the mean and the mighty. If religion is a sham and faith is a crutch, then naked self-interest is all that matters. I, I need more than that. I need more than that. And therefore, I may be a fool, but I'll be a fool for Christ and Christ crucified. It may be weakness... But I want, I hope, I long for a gospel of a God that has not abandoned us, even in tribulation, but has entered in, suffered with us and for us, even unto death, and is resurrected. And that story doesn't end on the threshing floor. That story doesn't end with the rise and fall of empires. That story doesn't end with with self-interest on the throne. Instead, on the other side of tribulation, we are gathered. All nations, tongues, tribes, ethnicities, political parties, black and white, gay and straight, young and old, the bruised and the broken, the ground down. We are all gathered before the throne in victory. That vision is a beacon in the fog for me. That vision is a source of hope in tribulation, and there is therefore something more than self-interest to live for. I find in that vision courage for the living of these days. So, dear friends, when life grinds you down and you feel defeated, when dark clouds hover on the horizon, remember that tribulation is not the last word. Remember that God in Christ sits on the throne. Remember that even in death, Our hope is in resurrection for salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the lamb. Praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. Amen.
0: As we join our hearts in the prayers of the people to God, please also join your voices. Respond to the words, Lord, in your mercy, by saying, hear our prayer. God of heaven and earth, who makes us, loves us, and sustains us, who makes and loves and sustains the world, through Jesus Christ, you promise to hear us when we pray to you in his name, confident in your love and mercy we offer our prayer. Lord, in your mercy,
2: hear Hear our prayer.
0: Almighty and loving God, on this All Saints Sunday, empower the church throughout the world in its life and witness. As COVID cases rise and people isolate, as we at Hope revert back to podcast worship, keep us from withdrawing completely. Give us creative vision of how to stay connected, how to break down polarizing barriers so that, united in your truth and love, the Church may confess your name and serve you in one common ministry. Lord, in your mercy,
2: hear our prayer.
0: Most High God, you govern this world in power and love. As we look ahead to an election day this week, we pray. Guide the rulers of this nation, whomever they may be today or tomorrow. Move them to set aside their fear, greed, self-interest, and vain ambition, and bow to your sovereign rule. Inspire them to strive for peace and justice, that all your children may dwell secure, free of war and injustice. Lord, in your mercy,
2: hear our prayer.
0: God, our healer, look with compassion on all who suffer sustain those among us who need your healing touch. Make the sick whole, especially little Wyatt and Scott DeHug's mom and Gus Vandenbrink. Comfort those who mourn. We think of Ron Young, and the family of Lori Louders and Don Cosmos' family. Uphold all of us, Lord, as we grow tired and weary of all things COVID, as we listen to the world's concerns, and fall into bitterness and complaining, when we are ground down. Fill us with the peace and joy of your supporting care. Overwhelm us with your redemptive work through Christ and give us courage to respond with maturity and act with integrity. Lord, in your mercy,
2: hear our prayer.
0: Scattered as we are, Lord, we ask that you strengthen this congregation in its word and worship. Guide the elders and deacons as they navigate next steps in our church life together. O God, in your loving purpose, answer our prayers, fulfill our hopes in all things for which we pray. Give us the will to seek to bring them about for the sake of Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen.
2: We are trapped the footsteps of those who've gone before. And we'll all be reunited on the new and sunlit shore. Oh, when the saints go marching. What?
1: Now go in peace to love God and to love neighbor, to serve God and to serve neighbor. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his light upon you and give you peace now and forevermore. Amen.